lamps, a bridegroom, a parable. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. So good of you to join into our conversation today. David, it's another parable. It sure is. (laughs) We've been covering a few of those. These rich stories that Jesus tells with a parallel meaning. There's a sort of a surface meaning that you hear at first glance that makes sense, that we can relate to, the the listeners would have certainly related to. But then there's also more going on here than just a story. And this is another good one. Right. Our parable today is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. And Mary, why don't we read this parable? And you can start, and we'll just alternate back and forth. All right. Sounds good. So, Matthew 25, starting in verse 1, from the International Children's Bible version. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten girls who went to wait for the bridegroom. They took their lamps with them. Five of the girls were foolish, and five were wise. The five foolish girls took their lamps, but they did not take more oil for the lamps to burn. The wise girls took their lamps and more oil in jars. The bridegroom was very late. All the girls became sleepy and went to sleep. At midnight, someone cried out, The bridegroom is coming. Come and meet him. Then all the girls woke up and got their lamps ready. But the foolish girls said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. The wise girls answered, No, the oil we have might not be enough for all of us. Go to the people who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. So the five foolish girls went to buy oil. While they were gone, the bridegroom came. The girls who were ready went in with the bridegroom to the wedding feast. Then the door was closed and locked. Later, the others came back. They called, Sir, sir, open the door to let us in. But the bridegroom answered, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. So always be ready. You don't know the day or the time the Son of Man will come. I think the outline for this parable or this section of Scripture is maybe simple. We could probably break it apart in a number of different ways. David, I just have verses 1 through 9. This is Matthew 25, 1 through 9. It's just preparation for this wedding feast. Then the second point is the consequences of those preparations. And that's verses 10 through 12. And then that last verse is just the meaning, but you could just call it be prepared. And that's verse 13. Mary, this is another one of Jesus's, the kingdom of heaven is like parable. And he uses the language of foolish and wise, just like he did in his very first parable at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. But this time the parable isn't related to builders of a house 
or agricultural, like farmer sowing seed. But he does use something that's very familiar to the people he was speaking to, and that's a wedding banquet. Now, I've heard that it's fashionable for a bride to be late, but back in the time of Jesus, the bridegroom was often late because weddings back then were long, drawn-out affairs, and there were different parts or different stages to a wedding, and the bridegroom needed to be at one place at one time and another place at another time, and so he could be delayed and going to the next place. And so here in this parable, he's delayed. He's way past the expected time when he's supposed to have arrived. When reading this parable, David, I'm struck with how similar these girls are. There's five wise ones and there's five foolish ones, but both have lamps. Both are going to a wedding. They're going to participate in the wedding feast, at least. So they take up their lamps to go to this feast. Very similar. They later will be waiting and waiting for the bridegroom, and and they all go to sleep. The wise and the foolish go to sleep. But everything hinges back on that decision before they left, that decision whether to take extra oil for the lamps or not. Everything hinges on that preparing for the event. So the wise prepare and are ready for whatever happens. The foolish do not. In a way, this is a story of natural consequences. Decisions lead to consequences. And so the consequence of not having oil for the lamp is going to cause problems later on. Yeah, these young girls, they should have been prudent and prepared. They knew better, but they didn't act on it. So their oil just burned up while they were waiting. And so they ended up being left in the dark. Consequences, like you said, natural consequences. You know, when these girls dozed off, I wonder if even then they were thinking about that oil. Because seems like that would have been the time, like, I'm getting sleepy. I, oh, I don't have much oil. They, even at that point, they could have gone and bought more oil, but they didn't. So when the crier cries out that the bridegroom is coming, that was good news to the wise, but it was bad news for the foolish. The foolish girls saw the problem, and they wanted the wise girls to help to get them out of this mess, to give them some of their oil. But the whole purpose of this was to honor the wedding and those that were getting married. The whole idea was to have everything ready for when the bridegroom came. So the girls with enough oil saw right away that if they shared their oil, no one would have enough oil to have lights. And the bridegroom would come and have no one to greet him. So these girls, well, they did have a solution. We'll just quickly go buy some more. They thought they could make it, but they were not in time. So that's a couple of times that they did not anticipate the consequence of their inaction. They didn't have enough oil, and they left at the wrong time to go get oil. The way Jesus tells the parable, it's pretty harsh, I think, because... They were out buying oil, and the bridegroom came, and all the wedding party went in. It says the doors were locked. And then 
these foolish bridesmaids came back and they were calling out, let us in. And the bridegroom answered, I don't know who you are. That's pretty serious consequences. It is. And I'm wondering if at that time that would have made more sense to us. I mean, this is an insult to the wedding party, really, to not be prepared for something everyone knew that was happening. Maybe it's along those lines. I mean, maybe the audience would have thought, oh, of course they can't come in. They've insulted the bride and groom. Maybe it's something like that. Yeah. And then right after this is when Jesus says, be ready, because you don't know when the Son of Man is going to come. Well, there we have the big consequence, don't we? Yeah, because if you're not ready when he comes, there's the idea the doors will be closed and locked. Jesus will say, who are you? Then those are very serious consequences. That's that parallel meaning we were talking about, a parable. So on the one hand, it's a story that's a sad story about these girls that got locked out of the wedding feast because they weren't prepared. But that deeper meaning, like you said, is so important. What does that mean for me in my life and being ready? Because I don't know when Jesus will come. When Jesus was telling this parable to these people, they were looking forward to the Messianic age. The Messiah would come and make everything right. And that's what Jesus has been promising and talking about. And sometimes the Messianic age was described as a wedding banquet because wedding banquets were the time of new beginnings, great joy, and hope for the future, all these things. And that's what the kingdom of heaven was going to be like, because God has promised all these things to his people. Jesus comes inaugurating the kingdom, but Jesus is telling his audience, you need to be prepared, because if you're not ready to accept the kingdom when it arrives, you may miss out. And those are serious consequences to miss out and not be part of the kingdom of God. I can't help, David, but think about the context of this parable, how Jesus tells actually a few different parables before and after this about being ready, because no one knows the time. He talks about the master coming, the king coming, and people not being prepared. But it's also in the context of This is in the Passion Week. Matthew places this parable in his writings and after the triumphal entry, not long before the, the Last Supper, Jesus is headed towards the cross. Something's coming. Something's happening. Something big is about to happen. And I can't help but think of the disciples and Jesus knowing that they need to be ready for all of the things that are about to happen. He tells them in so many different ways. It makes me think these parables are just more ways that he is alluding to something big is about to happen. Be ready. Be prepared. So I think you're right. The parable has an easily graspable point to it. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be wise. We need to think ahead. David, also in this parable, there's one thing that's known. There's a wedding. There's a wedding feast coming. It's going to happen. And there is a bridegroom. And they know that. And even though we don't know the future, we don't know when the bridegroom is coming. We know the bridegroom. 
we know there are preparations that we can make. There are other places in Scripture where we're told to be prepared, to be ready. And I'm thinking in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2-6, through 6, and he says, You know very well that the day the Lord comes again will be a surprise, like a thief that comes in the night. And people will say, We have peace. We are safe. At that time, they will be destroyed quickly, as pains come quickly to a woman having a baby. And those people will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not living in darkness. And so that day will not surprise you like a thief. So we should not be like other people. We should not be sleeping, but we should be awake and have self-control. So in that text, Paul is, again, saying basically the same thing Jesus is telling us is to be prepared. So he specifies ways to be prepared in those verses, doesn't he? In the way we live, in our behavior. So all of this about being prepared and making preparations, what, what does that mean to you, David? It means how would I live my life differently if this was my last day? If I knew this was my last day to live, how would this day be different? I think that's an important thing to think about because one day it will be my last day and I should live each day as if it was my last day. So how would I prepare for this day? Is there anyone I need to forgive that I have not forgiven? I think that would be important in preparation for my last day to forgive others. And what about the last thing I said to people that I meet in my life, like you, Mary, or others Were my last words words of encouragement and love or not? They should be. Did I talk to God or not? Do I talk to God regularly? Those are ways to be prepared. I think for me, too, you've touched on the idea of that relationship, talking to God. Is is that going to be a voice I want to hear? You know, like the wise girls in this parable— saying the bridegroom is coming, am I going to be joyful about that? Or is that going to be a shock and like, no, 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 I'm not ready. That's not the position I want to be in. I do want to have this idea that it's just the next step in my relationship with God. It's to go home with them. And it's it's not something to be afraid of if I'm prepared. So, Mary, how can you make this parable meaningful to children? How can they relate to this parable about being prepared? I think I would like the children to think about things that they are prepared for in their life. We have fire drills or, depending on where you live, tornado drills, earthquake drills. Why do we do all of those things? Why does the school ring a bell and have us all practice getting out of the building or getting under our desks or whatever the case may be. Why are we doing that? And because something's going to happen, it can happen. And so we need to be ready. We need to know what to do. So I think I'd want to talk to them about that. There are things we prepare for. We have a first aid kit because we're prepared in case someone has a cut or all sorts of things that we prepare for. So just a conversation about that would be good. Even before that, though, I think it's important to make sure the children understand what a wedding is. 
Not every child has been to a wedding. So just to make sure they understand what a bride and a bridegroom is, why there would be groomsmen, why there would be bridesmaids. I might even bring pictures of our wedding, David, and show those to the children. They're always so shocked to see these ancient artifacts (laughs) from our wedding. But yeah, just to make sure they understand that and understand what Jesus is talking about when he has this parable about a wedding and a wedding feast. These girls are carrying lamps, and that that's different. You know, that's different to what we do today. So I'd probably talk about what an oil lamp is. It's a very small clay, kind of like a little pot, maybe, with oil in it and a wick. It would be a great craft to make lamps uh, with clay. We could look up some pictures and look online to find ways to do that. That would be fun. For little children, I'd probably get some little tea lights, you know, and keep maybe the fire out of the classroom (laughs) just for safety's sake. But we could tell the story in the dark with some little lamps of our own. I think that would be really fun for the children. What about for the adults? Yeah, I would suggest to the teachers to pose this scenario to the class. Just say if you knew that Jesus was coming to your house. But you didn't know exactly what day he was coming. You knew he was coming soon. How would you get prepared for his visit? I mean, what would you say to him when he came? What would the conversation be like? What would you say about yourself to Jesus? What would you want to change or should change about your life to prepare for his visit? What might he ask me? (laughs) Right. So that would be, I think, a very good conversation starter in trying to understand this parable and how to apply it. And I think after you have that conversation, I would follow up with this. You just ask the class, for each person in the class, to take a piece of paper and write down one thing that they would do differently to prepare for Jesus' visit to their house. And then they write it down, they would fold it up, and they would put all these pieces of paper in a pile. And then you, as the teacher draw out each one and pray for each of these things that was written on the paper. Yeah, you would pray that God would give them the guidance and the strength and and the wisdom to do that thing that they said they would do differently. All of this talk about preparation for something very important. For these girls, it was for a wedding feast But it makes me think, have I prepared to teach the children that are in my care? You know, have I prepared my mind, my heart? Have I prepared activities and relatable learning opportunities for the children that I'm teaching? And I don't want to be that last minute teacher that doesn't have what I need to teach my class. I really want to think it through. So once again, even though the point of this parable is not about teachers, it just reminds me how important it is to be prepared. And may God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. 
Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children.